She's the host of the Marilyn Dennis Show on CTV, co-host of the Morning Show on Chum 104.5, and now she's a podcaster. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting with family therapist and my dear friend, Joe Rich, and we're going to find out how a family therapist copes with social isolation and how we can push the reset button when normality returns. Okay, everybody, let's talk to Joe Rich. Joe! Hey, Marilyn, how are you? Great. You're my first guest on this podcast. How are you oh, and your family how nice managing? For me. How are you, Everybody fam- is great. Everybody, the family is great. Everybody is uh, doing well. Uh, we're lucky so far, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, things are going well. How about you guys? We're doing okay. You know, we're taking everything uh, very seriously. As you know, my husband, Jim, is an anesthesiologist, mm-hmm. a frontliner. Uh, yeah. very different kind of storyline when he comes home, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just a day at the office. It's, uh, this is ongoing for all the frontliners that uh, sure. they're certainly afraid of passing on the virus um, for sure. um, and, and taking good care about, you know, uh, when they leave the hospital, when they enter the home, uh, what mm-hmm. they need to do with their clothing yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So it has certainly impacted our house, but we are working very well together and we're really blessed Great. on that. As a family therapist, with your family, I mean, did this all come naturally to you that you knew what to do? I ask you that. Well, you know, it's interesting. This phase, like where we are now, is much easier for me, right? Because now, if you watch the media, everything now is starting to become about relationships, how to deal with isolation, how to deal with your partnerships, what to do with the kids. You know, those are areas of expertise for me. So those are really easy. Initially, it was very medical, right? It was about physical. It was about touch. It was learning about germs. You know, that's not my bailiwick. So initially, like everyone, I was trying to tune in and figure out, should I go out? Shouldn't I go out? Should I wash my groceries? Shouldn't I wash my groceries? So the initial part of it, I think I had a very similar experience um, to other people. This experience is a little bit different because, you know, sometimes when people come into my office, you know, I make a joke. I say to them, take my advice. I'm not using it. You know, but I am actually, I am actually at this point using it. I'm actually, you know, not just giving advice, but trying to use the advice that I'm giving out. And then I also have a bit of a different life because part of my coping is that, as you know, I'm a painter. So for me, there's a lot of welcome time that, you know, something that I really work hard to fit into my life now is very easy for me to do. I can go off and paint for a couple of hours in the middle of the day or at the end of the day. And so for me, it's just a little bit different because that side of my life is, is, uh, has always been self-isolation, has always been doing on my own. Yeah. So, and that's also you getting to be creative and having, it's more than a hobby, it's a talent. But a lot of people are have to rediscover, oh, I, I have a lot of time on my hands. What do I do with it? Right. Yeah. And we right. see a lot of people, you know, knitting and sewing and cooking and doing Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. And those are very creative endeavors. And being creative brings us a certain kind of energy in this as well that that helps you cope. Let's talk about the impact on your practice when it comes to all of this. I'm sure you're doing a lot of video consultations now because of this, which is the upside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the impact on the practice is that, you know, uh, first of all, I'm online, of course. I mean, I've been Mm -hmm. in self-isolation for two weeks. So I'm like a telephone operator. I unplug somebody at nine o'clock and then I plug somebody in at nine o'clock. So a lot of getting used to doing that. But within the practice, we've also, and and when this airs, we will have started uh, really being responsive to people who are in search of telephone and uh, online video counseling. So I've used the first two weeks to really build something. People can just get in touch with me through my website. 
they just need to send an inquiry and I have people now who can respond to that because there's no way that I as one practitioner could respond to, to all of this. So it's, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's putting that in place. Now mm-hmm. that is in place. So the busyness of sort of getting everything online is sort of finally done. Now, there are a lot of people, you know, I've talked about this on uh, Chum 104.5. It's a concern and it keeps coming up in the news all the time about people knowing the numbers or looking at the news mm-hmm. and still not doing the social distancing and trying to convince family, friends, why this is so important to the point where you can get a little bit heated in conversation saying, mm-hmm. oh, mom, dad, I know that you went through this at 9-11 and all these kind of benchmark <laughs> things, but this is different. So I guess, you know, I'd like you to address how we can better talk to children, grandparents, mm-hmm. our mates about yeah. the seriousness of this. Well, you know, the first thing that happens is when we see people who aren't social distancing or sort of paying attention to the rules, is we have an emotional reaction. We're frustrated, we're angry, you know, that feeling we want to, you know, open the window and scream out the window at these people. Kind of like, that's not going to help. Yeah, let's just be serious. That's not going to help. So we sometimes, sometimes we look at this as, well, why don't we sort of recalibrate our own reaction? So step back, and you know, I talk a lot about that, step back in times of crisis, times of trouble. Step back, just take one step back and think to yourself, how could I deliver what I want to tell them in a way that they would hear it? How do I get rid of my judgment? Mm. You know, how stupid can you be? How do yeah. I get rid of my anger? You're putting me at risk and think, you know, I really do actually want to reach these people. It's, it's part of living in a community. So I often say, well, once you step back and recalibrate, you might think to yourself, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity for me to example, uh, educate people. So when they say, well, you know, I lived through the war and I lived through 911, don't tell me what to do. Being able to say, hey, that's a really interesting comment. You know, when I think about it to myself, you know, I could be talking to somebody eight science. And maybe they just don't understand and know what all of this is really about. Right. So they could be very smart, but they may not be this very smart. And, you know, I, so I think that, you know, what we do is that we still want to reach those people. We recalibrate our approach. Because if we approach those people through judgment, through anger, all we do is push them away. And we never get the message across. Well, it's very tough. And I know that, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of intentional good. There's a lot of want to shake someone's mm-hmm. shoulders and go, don't you understand? But the thing is, we have to take a step backwards. That, that is for sure. Especially, to be honest with you, as general good advice, if you're living with somebody and you're in it all day, you know, yeah. I mean, in relationship terms, you've heard me talk about this where I say, you know, there's reaction and response. Don't react, just respond. You're not be, by not reacting, you're not ignoring it, you're going to develop a response as you go along to it. But if you're just going to react, you're probably out of control on a scale of zero to 100. So let me give you an example. Um, uh, you know, uh, we could do a little role playing right now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out for a run with a bunch of uh, my friends and you're going, mm-hmm. you know, the, res- the, the initial response would be, no, the reaction would be no. <laughs> the response would be what? Right. What would you say to that person? Uh, well, the initial reaction would be no, that would be the reaction. Right. Yeah. But the response would be, you know what, before you go out for a walk, this is something we really need to talk about. We need to talk about all of the parts that go with it. You're probably thinking about a run. You're probably thinking about how great a run would feel. 
you're probably mm -hmm. thinking, well, we won't go near each other. We won't touch each other. We'll make sure we're X apart, but we know that's not going to happen. So before you go for a run, we need to stop for a couple of minutes and have a discussion about going for a run because I want to have a look at all of the things that I'm concerned about. And so it, by doing that, we're not saying, how stupid can you be? You're going out for a run. We're saying, you know what? A run feels really good right now. And it sounds like such a great thing to do. And boy, do you need it, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to react to that. I'm going to respond to that. And then it, once you begin to respond, you find yourself saying things like, well, maybe we should order a treadmill. A response will often come up with all kinds of solutions. Yeah. And a reaction will often come up with resistance. We have some listener questions for you. Um, and one of them, I, I do want to get okay. to touching the reset button because we've had a lot of time to think. Well, oh, yeah. unfortunately, we're going to mm -hmm. have more time to think. Um, and we're going to deal right. with that in a minute. But think about reset button. Before that, though, uh, one of the questions which I think is bang on is the news is making me anxious, but I can't stop watching. Help. How can I, how can I... You know, like you can only watch so much and then you have to walk away. So what do you say to that? Well, Simon and Garfunkel said, I get the news I need from the weather report, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, that's right. That's an old well, reference, a, everybody, but that's a good yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> but a goody. Uh, oh, yeah. goody. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, well, first of all, uh, the first reality is stop watching the news all the time, right? Yeah. So we know with small children in 911 and uh, in the Iraq wars, you know, we know that when the TV would keep showing the, the bombs going across, right? Or when the TVs would sh keep showing the buildings falling down, that young children would say to their parents, Mommy, why does this keep happening? Why is this happening over and over again? Uh -huh. So we know from a very young age that every time we take it in, we take it in as if it's happening. So we don't need to take this in as if it's happening every half hour in the day. We don't really need to do this. So one of the things I say is that you don't realize it, but you don't need to emotionally re-experience this 15 times a day. The second thing I say to people is prioritize local news, not international mm. news. You know, I, I, I understand what's happening, believe me. I know what's happening in Italy and all the other countries. Let's just really take a deep breath, try to be present to our own community and really try to think about that. You know, so maybe if you need once a day, you need a global update, I get it. But otherwise, you should really be focusing on what's happening locally because you should be thinking locally. You should yeah. be thinking about your neighbor, about being safe, about social distancing, you know, and th the farther it is away from us, the less we can do about it. And one of the feelings we are having that's quite pronounced is feeling mm. helpless. And so the farther it gets, the more helpless we feel. And those kinds of things encourage those feelings. We also know that if a person says that the news is making them anxious, that they need to stop for a couple of minutes because if they were already predisposed to anxiety, then they really need to be managing anxiety during this time. The news is making all of us a little bit anxious, but we know in this crisis that people who are anxious and people who are depressed, that those situations for them are now heightened. They're feeling more anxious. They're feeling more depressed. In that case, they may ask their friend, their partner, somebody else, anybody to listen to the news and let them know if there's anything important that they need to know. Really otherwise, good check the yeah. weather for, before you go for a walk. Is this not reminiscent of our discussion many years ago after 9-11? So the much repetition, so. The repetition of, you know, the towers, mm -hmm. the repetition of watching the news, the repetition yeah. of uh, statistics. It's just the yeah. same idea. And I, I do forget, and it's, I'm glad that you reminded us, that when children see us watching the news, right. they see it happening all over again. Really good point. 
On the other end of the spectrum, my mom keeps mm-hmm. checking on me, Joe, too much. I don't want to hurt her feelings, says one listener, but it's adding to my stress and anxiety right now. How do you answer right. that? We love you, kids. Set limits, we do. set limits for your mother. Tell your mother things, right? So you set yeah. limits for your mother. I mean, what I think is a really great idea, and I think this is important, to be honest with you, is to try and get regularity into your day. And so to be able to say to your mom, you know, mom, I appreciate your checking on me. I love you very much. Our check-in time every day is going to be between one and two when the baby naps or eight and nine when the kids are sleeping or four and five when I finish work. And I will check in with you every single day and we will check in how you're doing, how I'm doing. We'll review everybody we know in the entire universe. That'll take us an hour, but regulating and scheduling that. Otherwise, what happens is the reason that you're, the reason that your mother checking in drives you crazy is because this amount of check-in is just an expression of your mother's anxiety. And so your mother is calling, dumping her anxiety all over the phone, and you're picking it up. Right. And so maybe it's more calming. Mom can say to herself in the morning, I'm worried about the kids, but I'm going to speak to my daughter or son at one o'clock. And that you know, little just, schedule will calm her right. down. Thank you for that. You know, I just read today and I shared on the Chum Morning Show that phone calls are making a comeback, not just <laughs> yeah, texts. That's right. I that's said, right. well, that's good. I don't think my son's going to be happy about that, but phone calls are making a comeback. But it should be almost like, a, as we say in, in radio, appointment tuning. Here's when, when it's a good time for me to talk to you. Then there are the wonderful parents that we have and grandparents that we have that um, are, are having difficulty with this, but they're not media savvy. And what mm-hmm. says one listener, they have zero technology. So how can I support them? Well, phone calls First and foremost, I would yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is, I, I don't know if you're on Instagram, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I uh, just posted something and, and use hashtag co-visit, C-O-V-I-S-I-T, like a COVID visit. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then when I went to it, there's already like a thousand people who started using that phrase. And I call these now co-visits. And what that means is, like I had one the other day where the kids and the grandkids all went out on the front, on the front of the house and did a play. Didn't come near us. They, they drove up, they set up, they did a play, they packed up, they went home. And it's this kind of stuff. People, we see these beautiful uh, nursing home uh, pictures where people are visiting through the window and they've set up sort of a little window to visit granny mm-hmm. at the nursing home. These are co-visits. We need to engage with other people and find out what are they doing and how is it working. So we find out that there's people, you know, who, you know, lead, who bring a chair, like a lawn chair, and they knock on the senior's door and the senior opens the door and they don't touch anything and they don't go in. They chat through the doorway six feet apart. At the end, they say, love you, see you. They pack their lawn chair up and off mm-hmm. they go. And, uh, you know, they try to have some kind of social distancing visit. Right. So it, it, it's, it's new. The thing that's so interesting for me is the two mainstays in our life, no matter how much technology we have, are the television. There's still one in every living yep. room. And the telephone. So it doesn't matter what we invent, what we do. We always circle back to the telephone and the television. And being that we work for Bell, I support that 100%. And being that I have a television (laughs) show, I support that 100%. Now, during all of this, many people have found that their jobs aren't what they used to be or they don't have them at all. One question Mm -hmm. is, my friend got laid off and asked to quarantine at my place. I'm a terrible, am I a terrible person to say no? But because finances are difficult. so. This is a kind of a multi kind of question, yeah. but for those that have seen their work completely be obliterated right. for the time being, how do you cope with that? And then it's like the question of somebody really needs a place to live and how do you, you know, tell them 
I don't think that's a good idea. Or let's hear what you have to say, Joe Rich. Well, the living together is not a good idea. We know that, you know, mm -hmm. we know that, you know, it, you have to sort of batten down the hatches and self-isolate and to start introducing people back and forth living in different places is not a good idea. Mm -hmm. And we don't always assume that the person wants to live with you for financial reasons. They may want to live with you because they don't want to be alone or they may want to live with you because they don't like where they live. They don't want to spend, True. you know, a month in it. But, you know, the reality is, is social isolation is social isolation. I mean, now we've got, you know, you know, gathering five, uh, five people or more are, are not pro are prohibited unless you have a family of five people or more. So we're, we're getting it. The one thing that I would say is that in times like this, you know, when things are good, Marilyn, we talk about encouraging women to say what they need, right? Mm -hmm. Like we say, you know, you've got to learn to say what you need, right? Not to be embarrassed, not to see it as weakness, not to see it as shameful, but you have to learn how to say, I need X. And for many people who have not been in this spot before, we really need to address the issue of shame, that there are people who are unemployed, who have always worked, who have always had an income who have never taken the dime from anybody, those people may need something. And the faster that we make it comfortable for them and the faster we say to them, this is not a shameful activity. You would help me and I would help you. And if you need this, I'm perfectly helpful. You know, I'm glad to be helpful. The neighbors are glad to be helpful. And you know, people sometimes, you know, we wait and we ask if they need help. And sometimes when we get to that, it's almost too late, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you need help, then you have to be able to say, this is happening to everyone, including me. And this is not a shameful activity. This is something that is happening to me that is out of my control. And if I need help, I need help. And if I broke my arm, I would go to the emergency room and I wouldn't be shameful. And if you need help, we really, really want people to reach out. It's one of the reasons that when you watch on TV, you see all of these programs, food bank and all kinds of programs that are going on, the Red Cross, Kids Help Phone, lots of money is being channeled because we're making an assumption that the average person might need help. And you mm -hmm. know what, if you've never needed help before, it's a really difficult spot to be. We need to make it comfortable right now. It's okay now if you need help. And you'll pay the world back when things are better. When things are better. Yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult time because with a lot of us, me included, my work does define me, you know, yeah. it, it really oh, yeah. does. You know, I mean, I, I, I do the work that I do. I see my husband going to the hospital. I'm mm -hmm. thinking, am I really doing work? Cause he's on the front lines. Okay. No, but I'm doing this. I'm communicating. Yeah. What happens if I would have lost this opportunity to communicate with yeah. people? I feel like I've got purpose. You know, mm -hmm. my dear friend, Andrea Martin uh, emailed me the other day and she said, you're so lucky to wake up in the morning and have a job to go to, you have yes. purpose. Yes. And I, I, I value that. That was a really great uh, supportive statement that she made. So now we talk about, you know, we don't know how much longer the social distancing yes. is going to happen. Right. So we, we don't have an end date. We always like end dates. You know, we like <laughs> definitive end dates. When's this going to happen? What time is it going to be? Especially for boyfriends. For <laughs> boy, we could go into relationship. I, I saw something the other day. That that I, now, Marilyn, no, no, but <laughs> well, you will be back for sure. But I was looking the other day about, I mean, as much and as serious as this all is, the rate of divorce in the UK has yeah. gone up exponentially. The people are yeah, filing, I know, um, because it's just, it's just the same idea. We go back to nine eleven on, yeah. you know, this was so traumatic in an instant where this is a slow moving yeah. around the world. It's like people are looking at their lives and going, 
I might have to set the reset button. And I wanted to yeah. talk to you about reset buttons. Mm -hmm. And I know it's an opportunity to do that because yeah. for maybe the, for the first time in our lives, we've had the opportunity to reflect. Yes. So can you walk us through how to do that properly and how to make some decisions? Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a very healthy way to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've already begun personally. The way that you do that is you get yourself a journal, a book, a box where you, or, you know, your, you know, grandma's vase. And every time you think, oh man, I'm that, you know, boy, this isn't good. Right. You realize, you know, right now it's about staying safe, staying healthy, physically healthy, making this work, getting to the end of this. Whatever I'm thinking and feeling, I'm going to write down or put on a piece of paper and drop in a vase or whatever I'm going to do. And I'm going to forward that to myself. And when this clears up, I'm going to read that and I'm going to make a decision if that was the byproduct of three weeks of living together in a small room mm -hmm. or those are real thoughts that I'm still having because you have to be realistic. Some of the thoughts that you might be having right now are the virus talking. You know, some of them are, well, you know, but some of them are also a message to you, right? Yeah. That's worth listening to. But to cope with them and deal with them, to think right now I'm going to have that divorce. It's like, are you aware that there is a pandemic happening right now? Mm. And you would be influenced by that pandemic. You can't be isolated from that. So I often say to people, then you open up the jar. Some of them you'll laugh and say, oh boy, was I getting nitpicky. And some of them you'll think, you know what? I'm awake now. I just woke up forwarding these thoughts will be a remarkably good idea for all of us. And then paying attention to them when this is over is the second remarkably good idea. So you as a family therapist have already yes. begun this. You've, you've yes. already begun this for yourself. So I've already started right. I have a, for my work for myself personally, I'm writing myself notes. I'm dropping them in a little box and mm -hmm. I'm going to open that box at the end of this and see exactly what it is I was thinking. Because, you know, this doesn't happen that often. And sometimes in a different situation, you can have different thoughts. And those are really important thoughts. Mm -hmm. But to begin taking action in the middle of it is almost irresponsible in so many ways. So many ways. Do you, do you look back at, at, at things? I know I have. So maybe this is a, a, a therapy session I'm having with Joe Rich, everyone. You're witnessing <laughs> it right now. I'm thinking to myself. The lines are open. The lines are open. <laughs> but you know, it's, um, well, first of all, so great to talk to you because you are such a dear yeah. friend and been with me for yeah. 30 and years. And I miss the I, time. I miss that. I, yeah. I do. I do too. But I, I, I um, as I've had time to uh, reorganize cupboards that I reorganized over Christmas um, <laughs> and watching my gray hair grow in and my nails grow out and well, it, we could go on. I realized that I love what I do, but I realized mm -hmm. that I might have to schedule things a little differently. Um, realizing that I think I was getting a little too busy for my mm -hmm. mental capacity um, yeah. over the last, let's say over the last two years. That's, that's how I feel about it. I mean, okay. I don't want my jobs to change, but I'm thinking, you know, you need to make a little bit of a change here mm -hmm. and a change there. And, and also a big change happened to me this year in that uh, there's a man living in my house yes. and he's yes. my husband and I haven't had His that name's for Jim. years. His <laughs> name is Jim. I just found out that the other day and he's a doctor, but you know, the realization <laughs> is as if you go back in your life and see what has happened before all this, mm -hmm. how you've conducted your life, right. You know, what has changed in your life could be a new mm -hmm. baby, could be a death of somebody, could be all sorts yeah. of things. It's almost very reminiscent of what you've told us so many times before. 
if Christmas didn't go well, right. and you didn't like how Christmas went this last year, then you need to talk about it to yourself before the next Christmas rolls around and how you can make it better. Right. And that's kind of the theory. How do you, how do you feel about me kind of applying that theory to all of well, this? Well, it, it's theory that uh, I'll give you the fundamental difference. I think, okay. uh, and, and I would really suggest that every single person asks himself this question, right? The mm -hmm. question is, when this is over, what would I like to say about it? What would I like my partner to say about it? What would I like my children to say about it? What would I like to say about this and have others say when this is over? And this is setting what I call north on the compass. Once you write that down as the northerly direction on the compass, then you start heading north. Then you think to yourself, am I really want to go? Is this what I really want people to say about at the end of this? And so what happens is it's, a, it's really to self-regulate yourself to some degree. But mm -hmm. it's also about, you know, well, if I decide that I want people to say that, you know, you know, they were so thankful that I was aboard to be supportive, then I should start making a little, a little bit more phone calls, a little more outreach. You know, mm -hmm. if I want people to say, wow, you know, he was a great leader in the family and he kept his head during difficult times, then I feel like screaming my head off right now, probably not going to be a good idea. And this is what I call setting north on the compass and then following that direction if you possibly can. It's fascinating when we ask people this question, what their answer is. It's really interesting what their answer is, but it begins to shape their behavior because we're in something we need to pay attention to but we're also going somewhere, right? There's it's a horizon. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to look up and think, you know what? This isn't what I would want people to be saying about me during this experience. Right. You see people at work. I see people, some people rising where they may have mm -hmm. never had that occasion. Yeah. Uh, and seeing their real talents, some other people, not that they're not trying, but that, that they are having trouble with it. Um, I also see uh, family members that are rising to the occasion and saying, okay, what mm -hmm. do you need? And others that are quiet because only because that's, they're trying to handle their own thing. It's not to be judged, but it's like, right. okay, uh, that's, that, that's interesting. And then more than anything, what am I doing? Like, well, I, yeah. you know, instead of looking out, looking inside, you did this great thing for us at Chum before we wrap this uh, first podcast up. You're my first guest. I'm so happy. And that is, I am too. Thank you. Yeah, we've got another couple of minutes. I want you to quickly go through COVID-19 and what it stands for. The C stands for? Community. Really thinking about yourself as a member of the community. We see signs now that say we're all in this together. We're all in this together. It's all okay. about community. It's a global community and it's the community of just the family in your home or the community of your next door neighbor. Really to be thinking local. Oh. Optimism. Cool. Mm -hmm. Optimism. Wrap your head around it, right? Don't be thinking negative thoughts. Think positive thoughts. Be optimistic. Realize this will pass. And if everything goes well, we'll be at the other end of it. And there's some really good stuff at the other side. V. Variety. Ah. It's starting to get stale, Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> so I say variety, right? Yeah. So okay. have a schedule for the day. Like I think, yeah. you know, part of variety for me is that I've already started to differentiate between week weekdays and weekends. So I'm not, even though I don't know what day it is when I wake up in the morning, I remind myself it's Sunday and I don't work and I try and do Sunday related things. Saturday oh. night, I try and enjoy myself. So I really started to have some variety because otherwise one day goes into the next and regular sort of days flow into each other in a way that we don't want them to. This is when it becomes delirious. Yeah. So I really have variety. So every night I plan, let's say an activity with my family. 
So one night might be games night, one might be movie night, one might be no technology night, whatever it may be. One might clean up the house night. Hey, but, you that's know, a, having that's variety, but a schedule, that balance is fantastic. We're spelling out COVID. The I stands for? I, me, self-care. Really encouraging self-care. You know what? You can get very busy worrying, not looking after. And if uh, now if you go online, there's a million ways to do self-care. There's yoga. There's what to do with your anxiety. There's movies to watch. There's all kinds of things that suggest really looking after yourself. And in this madness, you need to look after yourself because the main tool for most of us right now is use of self, how we use ourselves. So we have and, to give ourselves permission to look after ourselves. And the D in COVID? Day to day. Right. Let's just take this day to day. Today is Sunday. It's a weekend day. I'm just going to enjoy it. The other reason we're doing this is because we don't know when it's over. Right. So if we start right. saying, you know, what if it's a month? What if it's two months? We know that every sentence that starts with what if is an expression of anticipatory anxiety. Unless you can read the future, what if? I don't know. Right. Don't so know. day to day becomes really important. Mm -hmm. And 19, everybody sit down and write down 19 things you're really grateful for. Don't forget about that. Don't forget, yes, this is going on. I'm not Pollyanna. I'm not talking about silver lining. I'm just saying all of us have 19 things we're grateful for. Write it down and put it somewhere that you read every day, maybe on the mirror in the bathroom, and then get everybody else in the house to do it as well. There's a lot to be grateful for. What a great thing to do, Joe. At the dinner table. Okay, this this week, I want you to collect 19 things you're grateful for. And every night at dinner, we're going to pull out one from everybody around the table. That's yeah. great. That's a wonderful Just to, thing to do. And that brings us back to, oh, optimism, C, community, yeah, self-care. It brings us back to the right spot. Before we say goodbye, uh, goodbye to you, Joe Rich, I, we wanted to say that there's a lot of helpful uh, resources out there for people. What did you want to mention? Yeah, I want people to start... Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, in my own small way, I'm starting a, you know, online counseling just because there's so much need and people are calling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the, in the broader community, there's a lot of activity where services are being delivered to keep in mind that you can get uh, medical services delivered by telephone at telehealth. You can go online. If you belong to a union, if you, if you belong to a large company, they probably have online medical support systems. They probably have telephone employee assistance programs. There's a lot out there and do not be shy. If what you need is physical, like food and money, then go figure out where it comes from and don't be shy. We're all in this together. And if you need other kinds of help, psychological, someone to talk to or medical help, do not be shy. Go out there and get what you need. And it's all available and waiting for you to come and feel better and do better. Family therapist Joe Rich, you are my first guest on the Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. And it took isolation for me to do that. And that's an honor for me, Marilyn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk again <laughs> with you soon. Best to your family. Thank you, Joe Rich. And to you. Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.